Hey yo yo, what's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Way In. Uh, man, I'm on a bit of a roll here, man. I'm dropping episodes almost every single day, but there's just so much to talk about, man. And I don't know, it's like been like a fire lit out of my ass. Because honestly, personally, I feel like I have the best MMA podcast in Africa. And in terms of the content, in terms of the analysis, in terms of everything else, it rivals anything out there. So it's just a matter of time, man. Just give it some time. Stay on the bandwagon, brothers, because ancestors, brothers and sisters, because it will listen. Strap a rocket ship to my back. We're going to the very top. Believe that, and of course, it's your host, it's your boy Kuda, aka Mr. November. Yes, sir. It's my birthday month. I'm actually celebrating my birthday on the eighth. So be sure to wish me happy birthday on the day. Um, this is a list of gifts that I want. I want. I'm checking. But anyway, um, we're doing the UFC 268 preview. Uh, that's going to be live at Madison Square Garden. And you know, big fights happen at Madison Square Garden. We had UFC 205 with Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez. We had UFC 2. I forget the number. I forget the number, but it was Masvidal and Diaz. But the point is, big fights, big nights always happen at MSG. Like, if it's at MSG, just know it's going to be a banger. And this card is stacked to the brim. Even though we lost Rockhold versus Strickland, the card is still mega. Like, it's still a good good card. Um, obviously, at the top of the, of the headline, we have Usman versus Covington 2. We all know that the first fight was, like amazing right it was like the nastiest one of like it was just a nasty fight there was a lot of like you could just tell these guys two great wrestlers right these guys have supreme wrestling and when they looked at each other and you know they both did their like sort of crouching thing as i think it was mike goddard was the referee was busy saying you know fight clean whatever whatever they just looked at each other and they and I think they made the agreement, like a mental agreement. This is gonna be a stand and bang out war. We are gonna go at it for 25 minutes and we're gonna see who's got the better chin because defense apparently was not a thing in that fight. I don't, I don't remember them blocking a lot of stuff. There was a lot of significant strikes just landing on, on the two of these guys. But anyway, let's dive right into it. Um, so Usman versus Covington for the welterweight championship. We've got the pound for pound number one fighter fighting all the way out of lagos nigeria by way of nebraska i'm not sure what state nebraska is in but we've got kamara usman fighting colby covington donald trump's favorite fighter um you know usman is 19 1 and 0 man this guy has not lost a fight he's on an 18 fight win streak since he lost that one fight by submission he is on an 18-fight win streak. And you always ask yourself, who the hell got to this guy? Like, who who subbed this man? Because this guy is different. Let me just list off a couple of the accomplishments of the number one pound-for-pound fighter. 18-fight win streak. Most wins in the welterweight division at 14. And and also still on a... Like, and, be, and eclipsed George, um, George St. Pierre in terms of most consecutive wins at welterweight. Uh, and George, we all know George St. Pierre's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest all time, regardless of divisions. So Usman is very much on his way to cementing himself as one of the greatest of all time, full stop. Uh, never been taken down in the UFC. 
He's the ultimate fighter winner. He's been dominant in every single fight except for one. And that was that fight against Colby Covington. Dominant in every single fight. In fact, you know, there's an argument to be made that going into the fifth round when Covington was eventually finished, that Usman was down on the judges' scorecard. May he, Usman may have been 3-1. to one. Um, so it was it was close, man. I had a two to two, but there's an argument for three to one to Covington. Um, but anyway, um, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a great fight. Covington, he's fifteen and two. Only lost to Usman and Wally Alves, which is like a really strange. Like, how did Wally Alves get to this guy? Um, and he's um, yeah, man. Like he's he's he, to date he's been Usman's biggest test. And Usman has recognized that, that, you know, this guy was my biggest test. I passed the test, but I need, he wants, Usman wants to put a defining stamp on the fight to say, there's no one, there's no one better than me. He wants to fight Covington again and to solidify himself as the greatest. Like when you have a close fight like that, going into the rematch, obviously you want to be more dominant than you were. So I'm recording this from out of bed. So just excuse me if I'm a little bit lackadaisical, but it's like, it's like past midnight just now, and I'm, I'm in bed because I, I am tired. But I said, now nah, let me just record this episode. Let me get it done for the people because I'm a man of the people, not a popular equal. Um, shout out J. Cole. So let's get into like the nitty-gritty of the fight, right? So Usman beats Covington in every stat except for like grappling stats, which are very close in terms of significant strikes landed, significant strikes absorbed, accuracy, all those kinds of things. But Covington is a cardio machine. Like, he doesn't get tired. So cardio, so that would lend itself to him, you know, not having the best striking accuracy. Um, but he's he's a cardio machine and he just keeps going. So it's going to be a very interesting, it's the power of Usman and the improvements that Usman has made, right? Because Usman was first with Henry Hooft at, um, at Stanford MMA and he moved... Uh, Jim uh, to sort of focus more because you know the pro the the problem with a lot of these mega gyms like AT&T Stanford the problem with these uh, mega gyms is that you don't get that that when there's like a fight every weekend right for so guys are fighting in Bellator guys are fighting in one guys are fighting in Ryzen all these other organizations um, and they're coming up so the coaches won't necessarily be there all the time and that's something that Usman said that with Trevor Whitman, who's his new coach, he gets that one-on-one -on -one attention all the time. Trevor Whitman only trains three fighters, right? He only trains Usman, Doug Rose, and Justin Gaethje, who all are fighting on the same card. So it's, it's very interesting to see like Trevor Whitman and his crew um, or Onyx Gym versus the world, basically, in this in the in the top three fights so it's going to be very interesting to see how that works and trevor whitman he's a brilliant coach right um he didn't get kumar usman to the title but he did help him defend the title and really improve his striking you know got doug rose to the title twice got justin gaethje to to the ufc interim belt so it's one of those things where trevor whitman is uh, an mma genius as a coach and it's going to be it so so we know that usman is, has made great strides and great adjustments. When you look at Colby, Colby come, he used to fight out of AT&T. Same reason. He said, you know, he wanted a gym focus on him. So he moved all the way to MMA Masters, I think, in Miami. And 
he he's got like a more focused team and he says that you know I've, I've approved a lot of things especially my striking you know i'm not so much there to get hit and you know he did take a lot of big significant strikes from kamaru which eventually led to the alleged broken jaw i don't think he actually broke his jaw but the alleged broken jaw um and it's one of those things where now these guys are in very focused gyms. Let's see this. That's that's what the, the argument's going to be. We've seen Usman's improvements. Since Usman fought Covington, he beat Burns. He beat Masvidal twice. Since Covington fought uh, Usman, he only beat an aging, a finished Tyron Woodley. So it's one of those things where let's see what improvements Colby has made and if they match anywhere to the progress Kumaru is making that's really going to be the question that's going to get answered in this fight how far ahead did Usman get because the fight was close the fight was very close if those guys all the way back when they fought if they fought 10 out of 10 times I think U Usman wins five times and Colby wins five times there was that 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 close so it's going to be very very interesting to see what happens um and so it's it's uh, it's it's going to be very interesting. And Colby is a, is an interesting character, right? He he was almost cut from the UFC because um, he didn't have an an exciting style. He's got a rest. He had a wrestling heavy style, and he was getting threatened to get cut despite being on a four fight win streak, fighting Damian Maya. And he was ranked at the time, and he was threatened of getting cut because he like people didn't want to come and watch him fight. So what did he do? He tapped into the heel persona that he has. The heel is like the bad guy persona that he has. Um, and he, you know, he did a little stint in professional wrestling. Um, the head trainer at AT&T, um, you know, loves professional wrestling. He, he's done a collaboration with uh, TNA. He's now doing a collaboration with AEW. Um, so when they did the TNA thing, Colby was there. And I think he learned a lot from that. He learned a lot from the pro wrestling scene. And I think it expanded him in the, in the sense that we saw him, you know, after he beat Damian Maia in Brazil, he said, Brazil, um, this, is a, this is a dump and all of you are filthy animals. And that, that, that one interview, like, rocketed him to the top of the division in terms of eyes watching him. Obviously, during Trump's campaign and all this, he was very heavy into the MAGA stuff. Very, very heavy. And he attached himself as Donald Trump's favorite fighter. In fact, when he won the interim belt, he went to the White House and he and, and he presented Donald Trump with the with the belt. I mean, even when he beat Woodley, Donald Trump called him on the phone and you know. So it's one of those things where he's very smart and he knew exactly what he's doing. Um, he I, I don't think he's faking it. I don't think he's faking the persona. I think he's just dialed it up to eleven. You know, he's just more of himself. Um, he's obnoxious, his selfish self, and um, he's not censoring himself anymore. So very smart. Very well done to him, and that's what brings eyes to this, to this mega fight, right? Uh, there's not much else to say about this fight because it's it really is the the pound for pound number one versus the best guy in his division, the best uh, contender in his division, bar none. Like Colby Covington is the best guy in the division, and it's going to be one of those. I think it's. I wonder. I, I want to see what's going to happen because I feel like the first time around. They slang it out, but I don't think it's going to be that kind of fight. I think there's going to be more takedowns. It's going to be much more technical. I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be more te technical, and it's really going to be who can mix it up the best. I think that's going to be the the focus of this fight. Who can mix it up? Who can mix up the wrestling and the striking, and hopefully the grappling in terms of the submissions and all that. 
who can mix it up the best. And it's it's just going to be uh, a great fight all around. So that's really it in terms of that fight. You know, who do I think will win? I have to go with my my African brother. Even though I, I personally don't like Usman as a person, I don't like him. I find him very fake um, for various reasons that we're not going to get into today. Um, he's kind of fake. He, he, he borrows lines from Connor and he's really weird. He's he's a weird dude. Um, he tries to get people to like him in a weird way. I think if it was just himself, be the Nigerian nightmare. You know what I mean? I feel like I should be these guys' managers because I, I come up with great lines for these dudes. Like, you know, you know, like I was saying, like the Nigerian nightmare. And he, he really could have said, you know, he, he spoke about how Colby wishes he was him. Like he's achieved the American dream better than an actual American in Colby Covington. And he could have, you know, he could have said, you know, I'm the Nigerian nightmare, but I'm also, you know, in the cage, I'm the Nigerian nightmare, out the cage, I'm the American dream. Like, you know, that's like genius pro wrestling promo work there. They should really give me a job as these guys' managers and these guys' PR dude. I come out, I tell them what to say, when to say it, timing and everything. And it'll be slick, man. Uh, like really, I should work for these guys. Like the, the, yeah, I should work for these guys. They should hire me because I've got, I've got lines for these dudes. I, I know how to sell a fight. But um, that's it. Usman versus Covington. In the co-main event, we've got Thug Rose Namajunas, my MMA crush. I love this girl so much. I have a huge crush on her. Like, I don't know. I just find her to be like so sexy. I, I like everything about her. like the, the like the the brush cut, the her her scowl, everything about her. She's like cute with her laugh, but she's an animal in the cage. Um, she's got an 11 and four record. Um, she's a two-time champion. 73% finishing rate. Um, and I think she has the, the championship edge in this fight over her opponent, the former champion, who she beat, who she knocked out cold with that switch left kick, uh, with that switch um, uh, with that switch um, head kick, um, step forward switch head kick, which is just beautiful landing. I mean, it, it was so well-timed and the technique was just pure, pure. It was so good to watch. Um, Wei Li Zhang. Former champion, 21 and 2, 81% finishing streak. She is so physically gifted as an athlete, so strong, so fast. Her striking is just a blitz of hard, strong punches. She was in, she was involved in the greatest women's fight of all time with Joanna Jędrzejczyk, and she won that fight deservedly so. Um, and she was on a 20 fight, 21 fight win streak, uh, not a 20 fight win streak. No, no, no. She was on a 21-fight win streak. She actually lost her first professional fight, then never lost again until she met Doug Rose. So it's one of those things where I feel like Wei Li possesses the biggest danger to Rose, right? Wei Li has, that, has the style that could possibly thwart Rose. She's built like a truck. She moves forward very strong. If she can get Rose to the ground and impose her size and her strength on her, she will pose a lot of trouble for Rose. But remember, Rose has more championship experience. She's a two-time champion. She fought in... Uh, she was very young when she came up on the on uh, uh, the Ultimate Fighter. And she actually challenged uh, for the women's strawweight title in the in the inaugural bout. It was she lost to... She lost to... Um, I was about to say Claudia Cadelia, but that's not, that's not true. Um, why do I always blank out with names when I'm on the podcast? Because if you speak to me normally, I will tell you exactly who's who. Um, 
but I was about to say cupcake. It's not cupcake, but who, who cares, man? She she lost that fight, and um, she built herself up, built herself up, came back and beat um, uh, Joanna Jenjacek, who was a dominant undefeated champion at the time. Like, I, like she, it was like one of the comeback well, under the underdog wins um, of all time. I'm still trying to think of this name, and it's really bothering me, bro. It's bothering me so much, and I can see her, man. I can see her, little. American Mexican girl with the wrestling who's old and she's got like a weird face like a weird hey Arnold face you know like weirdly shaped like that but anyway I digress um Wei Li Zhang dude she's been training with Henry Cejudo we know Henry Cejudo former bantamweight champion flyweight champion Olympic uh freestyle wrestling gold medalist gold medalist um he calls himself the ultimate competitor and I think he is I think, you know, Cejudo really knows how to go in there and win a fight. He's, he's, he's not in there just to fight. He's in there to win. And you'll find a way to win the fight. And he's very smart. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how Henry Cejudo's helped her game. That being said, Henry Cejudo helping other people's game hasn't worked out so far. Remember, he helped Kelvin Gastelum. Israel Desanyu whooped his ass. He helped um, Marvin Vittor, not Marvin, Paulo Costa. Israel Adesanya whipped his ass too. Um, who else has he helped that just didn't pan out? He helped Davidson Figueredo. Brandon Moreno whipped his ass. So it's one of those things where the Henry Cejudo co-sign, not that strong, but maybe Zhang is, has the sponge to, to, to absorb that knowledge and use it. It's very d different when an elite-level athlete like Henry Cejudo tells you to do something to win a fight. It's very different to when he does it than when you do it because he's got that the way he thinks and the way he analyzes the fight is is different you know what i'm saying so yeah it's it's going to be a banger of a fight who do i think will win that fight oh yeah and so rose lost the belt um you know she beat joanna beat her again in the rematch then she faced andrage in a fight that she was winning quite clearly um she got just spiked on her head and she lost the belt and in the in the pro fight press conference, she says, "You know, I'm relieved. You know, Rose is someone who's struggled with mental health before, and I think the weight of the championship, you know, at her young age, I think she was only 26 years old at the time when she won the belt. You know, at her young age, she'd been through so much, and the weight of the belt was just too much for her. I think she's grown now. She's now about 29 years old now, 28, 29. I think she's she's matured into being a champion. Like I think the mentality thing." is is now there in, on top of the natural ability you know like you know she's she repeatedly tells herself i'm the best i'm the best and i don't think that's like a corny thing that she's doing i think she actually believes it and it comes out in the way she fights that she, she really is the best and i think she's going to prove that she's still the best i mean she has the championship edge i think her jiu-jitsu is a lot better you know before she was knocking people out she was choking people out she was getting on the back and choking them out so i think her jiu-jitsu is slick and I think that'll be enough to beat Wei Li. Um, I think that'll be enough to beat Wei Li. I don't think it'll be... Um, I don't think she'll... Maybe she'll get a finish. I think the finish will come in the later rounds. Um, but I but I do see a decision. I, th I do see a bit of a banger. I do see a bit of a war. Um, and I think Wei Li will slow down a bit, whereas Rose won't so much. I think Rose can go the five, full five rounds a little better. I think she has a little better cardio. And she's a little longer ranger. She moves really well. And 
you know, she can knock people out. I mean, she's locked people out with the left hook, locked people out with the head kick. So she's, she's, um, don't, don't sleep on her power. She's got it. And it's going to be a very, very interesting fight. So I'm, I'm going to pick Thug Rose. I'm going to pick Usman. And now for the people's main event. Another one of Trevor Whitman's students going in there. Uh, Justin Gaethje at lightweight. It's going to be Justin Gaethje versus Ma Michael Chandler. Gaethje ranked number two. Chandler ranked number four. Um, Gaethje's 22 and three. Chandler's 22 and six. Very similar stories in the sense that, you know, Gaethje was proving himself in the World Series of Fighting, proving himself winning world titles in the World Series of Fighting, which is another organization, came into the UFC, um, you know, won a lot of fights and got to the title very quickly. Um, Chandler, similar story, dominating in Bellator. He was the face of Bellator. Bellator lightweight champion multiple times. Great wins over the likes of Eddie Alvarez. Um, and then he... So great wins over the likes of Eddie Alvarez. Comes into the UFC smashes hooker gets a title shot and you know he was the first guy to take a round off of charles Oliveira in a in a in a 10-8 round he was the first guy to take a round off of charles Oliveira in a in a i can't remember in a in a lot of fights in like five six seven eight fights he was the first guy to take a round off charles Oliveira. so um he really could have won that fight i i maintain that if he had not tried to smash Oliveira on the ground and instead got it back on the feet. He really could have won that fight, but he was caught by a left hook in the second round and got finished. So it's one of those things where um, he was a bit unlucky. On Gaethje's side, he challenged for the title against Khabib, and we all know about Khabib. You're not going to beat Khabib. Um, just got smashed in the fight, got tapped out, and that was Khabib's retirement fight. Um, so, you know, Gaethje and Chandler is going to be an extra interesting fight and a very exciting fight. Because it's literally determined who is the most violent man at lightweight. That's what the fight's going to be about. Because these two guys come forward, they hit hard, they hit like trucks, knock out power for days, good wrestling. I feel like Gaethje hasn't really shown how good a wrestler he is. But I mean, he was just now inducted into the Hall of Fame at his university. He's a Division One NCAA All-American. So he, he's no joke on the mat. Same thing with Chandler. Great wrestlers. Great strikers, knockout power for days. It's going to be, you know, um, these two guys have you've been saying, like, who's going to take the first back step? It's not going to be me. It's going to be you. It's going to be one of those things. You know, Chandler's on multiple times said, you know, this fight is, is about making a highlight. You know, it's, uh, he said, I'm prepared to go in there and make a highlight or be made a highlight. And um, Gaethje echoed his words when he said, um, you know, Someone's going to go to sleep, you know. Um, either I'm going to sleep or he's going to sleep. But someone is going to sleep. So this is going to be a three-round war. An absolute war. Do not miss this fight. It's going to be crazy. Um, and Gaethje doesn't like Chandler. Hey? He's going to say, I, I'm going to enjoy smashing this dude in the face because I really don't like this guy. There was a little bit of controversy in terms of Chandler said that Gaethje didn't accept the fight on two occasions. Gaethje says, shut the hell up. You know, um, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yada, 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 but here they go. They're going to fight. And I think the winner of this fight is going to get the winner of the title fight between Dustin and and and, and Charles Oliveira. So it's going to be a very interesting fight. Big bangers. Um, and, you know, they're very evenly matched. Very evenly matched. 
Um, but, you know, it's going to be a highlight of a fight. I mean, you look at uh, Gaethje, he's um, in his first seven fights in the UFC, he got nine performance bonuses. So on top of the money that he makes from fighting, he got nine performance bonuses, which makes him the most exciting fighter to watch in the UFC. That's $450,000 in performance bonuses alone. On top of the money he makes to show up and on top of the money he makes to win. $450,000. So he, I know he's rich out of his mind right now from just being such an exciting fighter. Um, um, and it's going to be very interesting. Both the guys are coming off losses where they both got finished in the second round. Um, so, you know, we know that they both are, are durable, but they can be finished by a very good finisher. And they're both very good finishers. So it's, they're so evenly matched. So who do I think is going to win the fight? That's, that's the main thing, right? That's why you guys came here. And, you know, this one is very even, um, but I'm going to give the edge to Gaethje. I think Gaethje just has something there. I think, I think in terms of getting dragged into the deep water, Gaethje can go a, a little further, you know, can go a little further in a war. Um, and I think his leg kicks are going to be key as well. If he can land those devastating, devastating leg kicks, um, he's, you know, and, and land them with frequency and not get taken down and, you know, anti-wrestle, I think he's going to have a good chance. But that that being said, it's very close. I wouldn't put money on this fight, but I do give the edge to Gaethje. I think Gaethje will get it done. I think Gaethje probably will get a finish in the third round or so. Um, maybe not, eh? Maybe this thing goes one round. It's one of those interesting fights where I have no clue what's going to happen. I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen. So we're just going to move on because, you know, what's going to happen? Next fight we're going to look at Shane Burgos versus, versus uh, Billy Quan, Quarantillo. That's his name. Uh, Shane Burgos is ranked number 14. He just came off a loss from Edson Barboza by, by KO. He's 13-3. and three. He's got a 77% finish rate. So you know he's going in there to rip your head off. Uh, he's got very good, vicious striking. Um, I think he's, he's well-rounded um, because I... I, I I haven't seen him get taken to ground, taken to the ground or dominated. Um, so he's very round and he's very big for the weight class, eh? Very big for 145. And despite getting knocked out by um, Edson Barboza, he's got a very good chin. I mean, even the knockout to Edson Barboza, he got hit with the straight right hand, very hard right hand. He stood there and he was still moving, still moving, and then all of a sudden his legs gave out and you know he went to sleep. And it was very strange knockout and basically. His body was resisting getting like knocked out. Like he, like anyone else, they would have slept. His body was literally resisting so hard, but it, obviously it just couldn't overcome it. So he's a very tough guy. On the other hand, Billy Quantilio, um, sixteen and three. Um, he's come up from Dana White's Contender Series. He's a little bit older. I think he's about 30, 32 years old. Seventy-five percent win uh, finish rate. He's very well-rounded. He uses the pressure and the cardio very, very well. Um, and I think the plan for him is to try get this to the ground. Is to try strike up against Shane Burgos, get him to back up, and then get him to the ground and try use the ground and pound uh, to maybe get a slick submission in there or something. But that being said, Shane Burgos, I haven't really seen anyone make him move backwards. I mean, he just takes shots and keeps coming forward. So who do I give this edge to? I think I give it to Shane Burgos. I think Shane Burgos has just had more experience um, at the top level. Uh, you know, Billy Quantilio, he's unranked. 
just come up from the Dana White's contender series. Whereas Shane Burgos, he's been a main fixture in the UFC. He's fought the likes of Calvin Cater. Uh, he's fought the likes of, um, obviously, Edson Barboza. So he's fought some really elite competition. He's been in there with some of the best guys in the world. And I think he's drawn that experience. I think he can get it done. If he can not get hit so much, I think he's will have a very good chance because he does have a tendency to allow himself to take significant strikes um, unnecessarily, you know, because he's so tough and he's, he's, you know, he's just so tough and so adept at moving forward, um, which lends himself to getting finished, you know. But he's got a brilliant record, 13-3, and three, you know what I mean? That's a brilliant record to have. Um, the next fight to look at, Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Chito Vera. Um, Frankie Edgar's num rank number 8. Marlins rank number 13. Um, Edgar's coming off a devastating KO loss to Sanhagen. And he's 40 years old. Um, I think this is really his last sort of chance to get a win at this at this weight class. Um, obviously, he's a former lightweight champion. Um, you know, Markham and I in the last episode talked about how um, Frankie Edgar, he's too old. And he should have been fighting at 135 this whole time. You know, he's a former title challenger at 145 but he really should have been fighting at 135 dana you know um says you know he went on to say that you know i tried to convince this guy to to fight at 135 um but he's he's but you know yeah i, I, don't, I don't know cheeto cheeto however has had a bit of a push and pull career um he gets a good win and then he loses the big test and then he gets another win and then he loses the big test you know so he he wanted to get sugar sean o'malley which propelled him then he lost the next fight to Jose Aldo, and now he's won his next fight. Um, so he's, you know, this I think, and it's weird because he's a UFC veteran. He's been in the UFC for a very long time, but he's only 28. So I think there's still upside for this guy. I think there's still upside for Cheeto Vera. I still, he's very well rounded. He's good striking, decent jujitsu, decent wrestling. So I do think he has the edge here. He's younger, he's hungrier, he's. Younger, hungry, has more to prove. You know, at 28 years old, he's still got a lot of gains to make. So I think Cheeto Vera has the edge. I'm giving it to Cheeto Vera. I think he's going to get it done. I think he's probably going to get a finish in this fight. Frankie Edgar's chin has been tested and it has come a bit short in recent memory. I mean, Ortega was the first guy to finish him. Sanhagen, Sanhagen finished him. So it's one of those things where I think we're, we're seeing the end of Frankie Edgar, quite frankly. Um, and yeah, I think we're seeing the end of him. So um, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put money on Frankie Edgar. You know, I, I wouldn't think that's a smart bet. I think Chita Vera does open up as a favorite on the betting lines. Um, and I think rightly so. And normally in MMA, the favorites win. So um, I think Chita Vera is gonna get, the, gonna get the job done. Now in the in the in the prelims in the prelims there's a prelim feature about Alex Pereira three and one in the UFC and you go well three and one in his mixed martial arts career he's already in the UFC and you ask yourself how the hell did this guy get in the to the UFC with a three and one record well former glory champion which is a kickboxing champion and the only guy to knock out Israel Adesanya. Um, Israel Adesanya has had 108 professional fights across boxing, kickboxing, and martial and MMA. Um, he's taken losses before. 
Um, I think I still think he's in single-digit losses, which is crazy. To have 108 fights and only be in single-digit losses is 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 is, is a phenomenal, phenomenal um, um, record to have. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's he's got power for days. When I mean, that left hook of his, that check left hook, is scary. I watched some of his glory fights. I watched his some of his MMA fights that he's had, and the knockout power is serious. That being said, there is a there is a glaring hole in his game, and that is the ground game, the submission game. His only loss did come by by submission, um, so it's going to be very interesting. Who is he fighting? Andreas Michalaitis, a Greek fighter. I haven't really seen a lot of Greek dudes in the UFC, so it's very welcoming to see some Greek guys in the UFC. He's got a record of 13 and 4. So obviously he has a wealth of experience in terms of MMA. Um, but however, he's 1 and 1 in the UFC. So not the best record in the UFC, uh, but he's well-rounded. Um, he's well-rounded, um, but he's a little bit more of a striker than he is a grappler. And that plays into Alex Pereira's game. So I think the game plan needs to be for him to take Alex Pereira to the ground. Um, and all of his losses, um, you know, all four of Andreas Michelaidi's losses have come by come by knockout. So, you know, his chin has been tested and it has not stood the test. He needs to take the fight to the ground. That's the only way he wins this fight. So who would you... I put money on this fight. I think I put it on Alex Pereira because the fight always st starts on the feet. And he's training with Glovic Teixeira. So, you know, I know that he's doing a lot in terms of his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu to get to a level where he's a lot more competitive. But I think he's going to get that KO win. Uh, I think the moment he lands a punch, it's lights out. It's lights out. So it is what it is for the boy Andres Michelides. But he could surprise us. But I, I would put money on Alex Pereira to win that. He's probably opening up as the favorite too. And now the last fight to look at, Raging Al Iaquina versus uh, Bobby uh, King Green or King Bobby Green. Uh, Al Iaquina is 14-6. and six. Yeah, Right now he's on a two-fight losing streak. Um, you know, he, he just lost to Dan Hooker. Um, and the highlight of his career, to be honest, is losing to Khabib. Remember that whole crazy bus incident? where um, it was supposed to be Khabib versus Tony. Tony um, trips on the cord and tears his ACL. He's out of the fight. They call up Max Holloway and say, Max, come in, man. Please come and fight. Max says yes. Um, Max at the time was 145 champion, so he's going to move up and wait and challenge for the belt. Uh, but they found that Max wasn't medically cleared. He was, there was some issues with his brain. or his, you know, he, I think the weight cut was, was a bit too hectic for him or something. Um, actually, Michael Bisping is the one who pointed out and said, you know, Max, you look a bit sleepy when they were having an interview. And Max said, no, I'm fine. It is what it is. But he, he wasn't well. Um, it was very scary. Um, and so, you know, the only guy at lightweight that, you know, was available to fight Khabib was Ally Quinta. And so he accepted the fight on one day's notice and got absolutely smashed in that fight. Um, you know, but that is, that is what it is. And then he became, he's, now he's a realtor. So he's... I don't think he's as focused on his MMA career anymore because I think he's realized there's no way in hell he's ever going to win a title. He's not even ranked anymore. I think they removed him from the rankings. Uh, but he's got good boxing. That's what he has on his as an advantage. He's got very good boxing. And Bobby Green um, is also on a two-fight losing streak. 
Um, but he was coming off a very hot 2020 where he won three fights in a row and he was attempting to win four fights in one calendar year. Wasn't able to do it. I think he came up against Thiago Moisos and came up short. Um, but also, Bobby Green has also got very good boxing. So it's going to be one of those stand-up fights. Uh, do I see a takedown coming in? I think Al is probably going to be the first one to shoot for a takedown. Um, but it's going to be very interesting. I think I, I would give the edge in boxing, in pure boxing skill, and stand-up skill to Ally Quinta. But Bobby Green has a way of being very slick and very tricky. He's a very tricky customer. I mean, he's 27 and 12. So he's had, what, 49? No. Do I even know Max? He's had 39 professional fights. Going into his 40th, Al has had 20 professional fights. So I think Bobby Green has that experience edge. He's been in there with some of the best. I mean, he's been in there with Clay Guida. He's been in there with Dustin Poirier. Um, he's been in there with Lando Venata. So it's going to be very interesting. And Tiago Mozart. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he does. I give the edge to Bobby Green. I think Bobby Green will win that fight. I think he's opening up as, a, as an underdog. But I do think there's value on that. I think he can get a three-round decision and be just be very slick. Make it a dogfight. Make it as untechnical as possible. Um, and keep drawing out the bits. And, you know, he does this thing where he talks to his opponents and punches them in the face and talks and everything. So it's going to be very interesting. I think I give that edge to Bobby Green uh, to win that fight. And, yeah, that's the 268 preview. I'm very excited for this. A card is going to be an amazing, amazing night of fights. Um, for us here in South Africa and Africa and Europe, we're going to have to wake up early to watch these fights, uh, but it's fully worth waking up early for. In fact, my like body clock, I've like um, sort of adjusted my body clock to be up at these hours so that I can watch the fights and still be fresh, um, you know, to do stuff during the day. So I've like adjusted my clock <laughs> so I can do this because um, I just love the sport so much uh, but anyway thank you so much for listening it's been your boy Kuda this has been the way in UFC 268 preview and make sure you enjoy the hostilities peace out